Welcome to Healing Wisdom, a Thursday morning talk show featuring guests sharing their stories and knowledge. We discuss the healing aspects of the arts, metaphysics, social justice, and adventure through all types of terrain. So join me, Pandora Peoples, here on WOMR 92.1 FM in Provincetown and WFMR 91.3 FM in Orleans. We're streaming worldwide at WOMR.org. Midnight at the Oasis, send your camel to bed. Welcome, Maria Muldar. It's such a pleasure to speak with you. It's such an honor. You're such a powerhouse. You have a beautiful, versatile, playful, soulful voice. And with at least 43 uh-huh. albums behind you, you've traversed through so many genres, including you know folk, pop, Americana, blues, jazz, and gospel, and bluesiana, of all things, and more. So you're bringing your multimedia retrospective show way past midnight to the music room, Cape Cod in West Yarmouth on September 7th. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Pandora. We're looking forward to this little tour we're we're doing uh, because, believe it or not, 2023 marks the 50th anniversary of the release of Midnight at the Oasis. And I thought it was a good milestone to celebrate. So I put together this show, as you mentioned, and basically I just, uh, my my Louisiana band and I will be performing the songs live, but accompanied and illustrated by uh, stories about some of the wonderful people I've met and gotten to work with over the years and, uh, and wonderful photos and videos will be going on behind us. So I know multimedia retrospective sounds really fancy, but it's really going to be like a me sharing my musical scrapbook with my audience and it's going to be lots of fun. Well, it sounds beautiful, and everyone knows your mega hit, Midnight at the Oasis, so it's a beautiful uh, milestone. You performed with Bob Dylan, Doc Watson, Taj Mahal, Dr. John Aaron Nelville, Bonnie Raitt, and Stevie Wonder, Hoagie Carmichael, the list goes on and on. I'm wondering if you've been revisiting any particular memories lately. Well, well, I mean, I tell stories of working with Dr. John and um, uh, uh, Dylan figures since he was I, I met him so early on I, as with Taj you know we go way way back to like 1961 uh and so he uh you know he's in there and there are some wonderful photos of him as well and um uh, just oh I do songs that I did with Doc Watson songs I did I did I had the pleasure of of recording a beautiful duet with Hoagie Carmichael of all people and um, I tell a very touching story about that experience. So it's a little of everything because it starts with my early love of uh, of uh, old-timey Appalachian music and on through bluegrass and jazz and swing and all the wonderful American uh, musical genres that, uh, you know, except rap, I want to uh, make sure every nobody's disappointed if I don't do any rap, but other than that, there'll be a little of everything and a lot of good stories. And um, I did it at my 40th anniversary. And then lo and behold, in a blink of an eye, here it is the 50th. So I've uh, added some tunes and, and stories to the show. And um, we're going to just be in the New England, New York, 
you know, Jersey, as they call it, the tri-state area uh, for a few weeks and um, just hope, hope all my old fans and some new ones will come out and, and uh, share this celebration with us. Yeah, I've been talking to some local folks and some local musicians about their memories of seeing you perform. And so people are getting geared up. Good. Yeah. So you grew up in Greenwich Village and your aunt helped introduce you to music your mom strongly disapproved of, like Hank Williams and Hank Snow and Hank Thompson. Is that so? Yes, absolutely. My mother, I'm a, I'm of Italian-American extraction, and my mother was very serious about uh, just exposing me to what she considered, you know, refined music. So she was always playing classical music in the house, which to a little kid sounds very ominous and gloomy to tell the truth. And I didn't care for it much, but I'd go over to my Aunt Katie's house. That was my mother's younger sister. And she loved what she called cowboy music, which is which we now call the early country and Western from the 40s and 50s. And so the minute I, and she'd play it on the radio, we lived in New York City in Greenwich Village, but she tuned in a little radio station from New Jersey that had a couple of hours of this country music every day. And I fell in love with Hank Williams and like you said, uh, Kitty Wells and Hank Thompson, lots of people named Hank as it turned out. And, uh, and just started singing, like the first song I can remember singing at the age of five was, it wasn't God who made honky-tonk angels. My mother protested, but this wonderful music won out, and um, I've been singing and playing it ever since. That just sounds like it could be horrifying to a mother who loves her ominous classical music. <laughs> well, she came around once she saw that it was very good for me and that I got recognized and appreciated for what for my interpretation of that kind of music. She came around and ended up being very proud of me. So it's all good. She became my biggest fan and, you know, was very proud of me. And, and of all things, her favorite song that I did of all the songs in my 43 album collection of, of recordings was Don't You Feel My Leg, which was a, a song that was uh, written and recorded by a wonderful blues um, woman from New Orleans back in the 40s. And Dr. John turned me on to the tune when I was first recording in the 70s and I recorded it and uh, it became everybody's second most favorite tune I ever recorded. So of course I'm going to include that in the fan faves when we do our show and lots of other wonderful tunes from various phases of my musical journey. If you feel my leg, you might want to feel my thigh If you feel my thigh, you're gonna go too high So don't you feel my leg Tell us a little bit about growing up in Greenwich Village. Uh, you know, it just, from when I was a little, from before I was born, from the early 1900s, Greenwich Village was kind of a mecca, kind of the epicenter of all things hip, and and a mecca for artists, musicians, poets, sculptors, you know, 
writers and so on. And so it had a very kind of loose, wonderful, creative energy flowing all through the through the community. And um, I was just blessed that uh, the the folk movement or the folk revival of the early uh, late third. Uh, I'm sorry, late fifties and early sixties just emerged right there at my doorstep in in the village. And that's why a gal like me growing up in New York City, you know, was blessed to be exposed to so many different kinds of American roots music. And um, and so that, and there were just so many wonderful artists who were just, you know, exploring this music as well and learning their craft and coming into their own people like Richie Havens, Bob Dylan, John Sebastian, I mean, Taj Mahal, the list goes on and on. So it was a very exciting uh, time full of just ripe, full of wonderful creative ideas, um, just people just sort of uh, sharing creative ideas and, and sharing their musical discoveries with each other. So it was a blessed time and that still informs everything I do today. I'm a huge fan of your blues vocals and your playful delivery in a lot of your songs. Can you say a few words about how you approach a character or a plot-driven song like Down Home Blues or It Ain't the Meat? I'm more of an interpreter of songs. You know, I don't sit and think about, oh, I'm going to deliver it like this, but the song tells me how to deliver it. Like, for instance, doing Don't You Feel My Leg, which is a very playful tongue-in-cheek kind of naughty body blues song from the 40s just has a, a certain kind of playful sexy attitude just sort of built into the song so I just go to that place and sing it accordingly you know I did an album of Bob Dylan love songs uh in about 2008 and that required a whole different sort of point of view and place that I was coming from. And so it, it just depends on the song. I guess that's what being a, a, a song interpreter is. I don't know how I could describe <laughs> it. I just, you might put on a different suit of clothes or a different outfit, like you might put on a fancy outfit and it just might make you prance around and shake, you know, shake your tail feathers a little bit. And then maybe you might put on a real funky pair of jeans and a work shirt and that'd make you move a whole different way you know it's not something I consciously ever thought about before this moment but I just <laughs> no I just somehow can slip totally into the vibe of the particular song I'm doing I mean it, I get inside the song and if I can't do that and if the song can't get inside of me conversely then it's not a song I'm ever interested in doing. I don't pick songs that don't really resonate deep within me. So whether it's a sexy song or a sad song, I mean, you know, the human spirit goes through such a, you know, a wide gamut of emotions. And, you know, and just to, if the song is good enough, the the intensity of that particular emotion is going to kind of, to a certain extent, be built into the song. So. I can slip into it pretty easily. I 
It's the motion that makes your mama wanna rock It ain't the meat, it's the motion It's the movement that gives it the sight Well, I had a man, he was awful thin Not much to him but bones and skin But one thing about him I could understand He wraps all around me like a rubber band It ain't the meat, it's the motion That makes your mama wanna rock It ain't the meat, it's the motion It's the movement that gives it the sock what are your thoughts on your time with the Jim Queskin Jug Band? It was a very a time I cherish dearly. I uh, met Jim Queskin and the and the guys that were in that band, which included a certain handsome blue-eyed singer and washboard player named Jeff Muldar. And um, in '63, and I came. I, Jeff and I fell in love, and he invited me to come up and be with him in Cambridge, Mass. So. I did that, and the Queskin Band was already quite popular on the folk scene. I had been in a band called the Even Dozen Jug Band with John Sebastian and David Grisman and some others that went on to to greater fame. And but but the point is that um, that, so after a few months, they asked me to join when one of their members left, and I spent nine years making wonderful music with them. Jug Band music itself is a form of a combination of rural blues and early ragtime and jazz music from the 1920s. And it's, you know, played on a variety of homemade instruments, i.e. there's a, you blow into a jug instead of having a great big upright bass, and that makes the uh, bass notes. And you play washboard and different percussion instruments that are, you know, sometimes nothing more than pots and pans instead of having a big you know, a big full full on drum set. And then, you know, it's augmented by fiddles, guitars, banjos, mandolins, and so forth. And um, I played a mean kazoo, by the way, and also played fiddle and tambourine on, in that band. But um, we had our 50th anniversary, oh, about 10 years ago, and we toured all over, over the States and the New England, well, mostly in the New England and California areas, and then did a big tour of Japan because, believe it or not, at the time we did the tour, there were over 100 you know, ongoing jug band, gigging jug bands in Japan. And um, our tour ended with a big jug band festival where all these Japanese jug bands were playing. And, of course, we were the headliners, and they... They just loved us, and it was it, the thing about jug band music is it's so much fun, and so you know even fifty years after we were doing it, which was already forty years after it was invented, uh, people still want to hear it. And I'm um, very close to Jim Queskin; he's still alive and living in the in the Boston area, and uh, we just collaborated on an album a little while back and uh, that's coming out soon and he's still out there performing so um jug band music is alive and well very cool very cool well thank you so much maria mozar for joining us today thank you so much for having me on your show pandora and i hope you tell all the folks in the cape cod area that 
will be at the Music Room in West Yarmouth, September 7th. And yeah. we hope every music-loving fans will come out and share a few memories and a lot of great tunes with us. So thank you so much. Thank you, dear. See you at the show. For tickets, folks can go to musicroomcapecodtickets.com. We're going to go out with Don't Ever Let Nobody Drag Your Spirit Down from Eric Bibb, Roy Block, and Maria Muldar. You might slip, you know you might slide Stumble and fall by the roadside But don't you ever let nobody Drag your spirit down Walking up the heaven, don't let nobody turn you around. Well, walk with the rich, walk with the poor, learn from everyone, that's what life is for. Don't let nobody drag your spirit down. Don't let nobody drag your spirit Walking up to heaven Don't let nobody turn you around Some say yes Some say no Some people wait and see which way the wind gonna blow But don't you let nobody Drag your spirit down Don't let nobody drag your spirit Don't let nobody turn you around I might preach the gospel, I believe it's true. I can't let nobody drag my spirit down. Don't let nobody drag your spirit down. Well, I'm walking up to heaven, won't let nobody turn me around. I can't let them turn me around. You might slip, child, you know you might slide. Stumbling fall by the roadside But don't you ever let nobody Drag your spirit down Don't let nobody drag your spirit down Remember we're walking up to heaven Don't let nobody turn you around
You've been listening to Healing Wisdom at Outermost Radio. All of our shows are podcasts at WOMR.org. Also check out HealingWisdomRadioShow.com and contact me at Pandora at WOMR.org. 